This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Yes, sir. Almost didn't do a show today. Full, full disclosure, I am hyped up to record. I'm excited to talk about UFC 70, UFC 271. I'm excited to talk about what's going on with me. But goddamn, the Bengals lost, man. Lost in the Super Bowl. I've never felt this hurt before. We've never made it to the Super Bowl since I, I mean, I was two the last time. Don't remember it. You know, I was asleep when we lost and probably shitting in my pants. But man. Watched last night. We had the game won. I'm listen. I'm not going to go into it too much. I'm not over it. Uh, I've been talking to some buddies today. Work sucked today. It was busy, and people were talking about it. I chose not to participate in those conversations. I'm not ready to talk about it yet. I'm not ready. Okay, I'm not ready to talk about it yet. I will say three things probably. I don't know what I'm going to say. Number one, Logan Wilson. I thought got screwed. That was a bullshit call. I know they were. We got away with some calls. And people are going to be like, oh, look at that. But both teams were. And then make that call on that type of play in the biggest play of the game uh, is ridiculous. Number two, our offensive line's a joke. Uh, Joe Burrow did not throw him under the bus, even though he fucking has every right to. Could have, should have, would have. But that guy's a fucking leader. He's a pro. He's Joe Cool. He's not going to throw them under the bus because <clears throat> he's a fucking stud. And number three, why are we running P. Ryan on third and one twice when we have Joe Mixon, we have Chris Evans, we decided to do P. Ryan. We also, he also seemed like he didn't really try to catch that pass at the end of the game. Don't know. Gotta see, gotta see the, uh, gotta see the replay on that, how close that was. But that's it. That's all I'm going to say. I'm devastated. I'm upset. <clears throat> and I don't want to go, because <clears throat> this whole podcast could be turning into what, we should have done, could have done. How great to see. I could go all day about the Bengals. I'm not going to do that to you guys. Most of you people listening do not care about the Bengals. Uh, maybe not even care about football. You're just here for the MMA. I get it. It's called the MMA Takes Podcast, okay? But I'll say one thing. I'm very, very proud of what this team has done. They went to the Super Bowl. Very young team. Um, and we're, we're going to get better. We're going to get better. We're a young team. We're going to get better. That's it. That's all I'm going to say about it. And we're going to move on, okay? And now... We're moving on to the regularly scheduled program. Now, uh, before we get into the annex, Annick and Florian stuff, which I was on the podcast again, two weeks in a row, third time in a row, uh, third time it's a charm. We'll get into that because I have some feelings and I have feelings. I'm a very emotional guy and it's okay to admit that. I don't know what I'm feeling. So we're going to get into that. But before that, another thing about me being emotional is don't try to touch my kids. Yeah, no, just don't do it. So. Go to Walgreens. Uh, you know, I, I go to Indiana on Saturdays. Place my bets. I live in Ohio. If you're first time listening, I, I've have I've quite a new followers, uh, new followers, maybe new listeners from um, the Anakin Florian uh, stuff that I did. Ohio. I live in Cincinnati, Ohio. I do not have live sports betting, so I have to drive to Indiana about 20 minutes away from me to place my bets. I had the girls, my two beautiful girls, four and one uh, on Saturday. We went. The one year old needed diapers. So instead of going to the movie theater parking lot that I usually place my bets, because I'm a little superstitious, I had to go to Walgreens because we had to get diapers. And then the girls were good, so they got treats. You know what I mean? They got treats. Go there, right? And we go get our stuff, and then we're in the candy aisle, and this guy comes up, right? Creepy-looking guy. He's in a camo jacket. 
Oh my god, look how cute she is. Hey little fella, talking to my daughter in the in the uh, um the the fucking what is it? Cart. My other little daughter's picking out candy. Winnie's picking out candy, looks up at this guy, and Winnie will say hi to anybody. She loves everybody. She looks at this guy and goes, I ain't fucking talking to this guy. <laughs> this guy, he ain't my cup of tea. So, uh, first off, my daughter's a, a, a daughter. She's a girl. I get it, little baby sometimes, whatever. And but she was in pink. I mean, what do you, little fella, what are you doing? Then his old lady, right? So it, it could have been his mom. It could have been his wife. I don't know. She comes and goes, hey, move to him. And he goes, aren't you going to say hi to the cute little kids? And she's like, hi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they go, right? And we're in the candy aisle. And I'm like, all right, fuck it. Let's go ring out. We got the candy. We got the treats. Let's go ring out. Go ring out. It's very skinny, small little ring out checkout area. And I got a ton of shit. I've been to Walgreens. I bought maybe five things. I got like 20 carts full of shit, right? So you pull up, you know, I'm ringing, and this guy follows us up. He's not with his old lady. He's not with his whoever. He's by himself. And the guy, you know, it's two registers. The guy in the register's like, sir, are you ringing out? And he goes, no, I'm waiting for my old lady. That's why I'm calling her your old lady, because that's what he said. And he comes over, and, he, and Winnie's now back is, like, pressed on my leg, staring at this guy. And he's like, hi, little girl. You're so cute. Oh, my God. And he's inching closer. And then my other daughter, my, my one-year-old, my little baby, she's facing him, too, because I'm unloading the cart. Inching closer, inching closer, inching closer. Now, sure, maybe I overreacted. Sure, he might have been a nice guy, but he doesn't look like a nice guy. I don't know him. He smells. He looks grimy, probably on some kind of drugs. Um, I didn't like him getting that close to my ki- my girls, my kids. So I say, hey, man, can you back up? Don't touch my kids. He hadn't touched them yet, but he was getting pretty close. Oh, like, and he starts flipping out. I don't even know what he says, right? At, the, at that point, he, he immediately goes from a zero to 100, right? And then the guy's like, calm down, the, the worker. And the lady looks at me and was like, you guys need to calm down. I'm going to kick you out. And I look at her. She's halfway through ringing my stuff. I need these fucking diapers. I ain't stopping again. And I go, I go, ma'am. I said, I'm, I, you know, I just don't want to touch my kids. I'm fine. I'm completely fine. And she goes, okay. And she starts ringing it up, and he's still blah, blah, blah. And the guy's trying to calm him down. The worker's like, you know, blah, blah, He's like, yeah, like, we need to touch your kids. That's what it is. You boo. And then I have, you know, a North Face jacket on. And he goes, yeah, you and your North Face, you know, that's why you're all high and mighty thinking we got to touch your fucking kids, blah, blah, blah. And then finally his old lady shows up and goes, what's going on? Oh, this fucking guy, he's an arrogant prick and blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, come on, come on. I need help over here. So then he follows her. And then like you hear him through the store still kind of yelling like things. My, meanwhile, my body is red hot, right? I controlled myself. I was an adult. I simply said, please don't touch my kids. Even though he didn't, he was getting pretty close. I figured that was the next move. I didn't want this filthy fucking guy's hands on my daughter's. And so I preemptively said that, and maybe, uh, you know, maybe he wasn't going to touch him. Maybe he was, who fucking knows he flipped out, went away. And then, you know, I'm hot. Right. But I, I, I contain myself. I do have a, a bit of a temper, a bit of a, a bit of a temper and I control myself. Some, it's, uh, it's just me. I'm with my fucking two daughters. So I'm like, what am I going to get arrested? And you know what I mean? That's fucking horrible. So I got to the car, you know, I got to load everything up and, and then put the, you know, put the girls in the seats and everything like that. And uh, in the back of my mind, I'm like, if this dude bolts out of that store right now and like bolts out and it's like, all right, motherfucker, we in the store, you know, like my mind's going a mile a minute of like what he could have done, right? Coming out and words would have been exchanged to more and yada, yada, yada. Because at this point, I got the diapers. I got what I came for. 
And uh, that never happened. That, not, nothing ever happened. He never came back out. Everything was fine. But it's just like, you know, that's kind of my thing. I, I remember I some guy at Old Navy when Winnie was like maybe a month old, my, my four-year-old, she was a month, month old, some guy at Old Navy like reached his hand in her, her, uh, her uh, what is it, stroller and tried to like, you know, be like, oh, she's cute. And I kind of like grabbed his hand. I was like, don't do that. What do you, I mean, what are you doing? I mean, what, what, what the fuck are you doing? Don't do that. This is before COVID. I just don't want your grimy hands on my kid. Um, so yeah, so maybe, maybe overreaction. You tell me what I should have done, right? You, you tell me what I should have done. Old Brian, single Brian without kids. Obviously that wouldn't have happened if I didn't have kids, but I would have destroyed this dude and probably destroyed that Walgreens as well. Would never be allowed back again. Uh, but you know, at cooler heads prevail. I'm 35 now. I'm a father. I'm a husband. Keeping it cool, baby. Keeping it cool. Cool, Heather. Cool. What? Yep. Fuck. Fuck that up. All right. Listen. So, um, my feelings towards the John Anik stuff. Listen, I got overwhelming, um, uh, not emotions, but just really overwhelming positive comments. Obviously, there's some negative people out there, but those those are the ones that crack me up the most. Um, just because it's like, whoa, just so sad, just so sad. And I have the thickest skin in the world, so it's like these people think they're really hurting me, and I just think it's it's very very funny. Uh, it, it, it excites me that there's there's haters. Anyway, um, so I was on uh, the Anik Florian for the first time back in September. Well, on vacation, thought I did a pretty good job, um, but I you know I wasn't at my home base, I wasn't in my studio. You know, I spent a lot of money on what I got here. You know, and uh, I, you know I had to do it like literally on the beach on vacation, and, and and but I still felt like I did good. You know, John gave me some positive compliments that day, and then I you know Ian Parker, their their former guy who who gave out picks and everything, he got the ESPN gig, and I thought you know what this is, I think they're auditioning cappers because a bunch of other cappers went on before and after me, and I was like they're auditioning people, and then they went James Krauts, which makes sense, UFC fighter, great coach. Uh, I think he's worked a UFC desk or an ESPN desk about gambling. I, I, I don't know if that's true, but I think he has been on TV before. Well-spoken, knows the sport, everything like that. So they went with Kraus. And then John, two weeks ago, was like, hey, Kraus can't do it Sunday. Can you do it? I was like, yeah, absolutely. Hop on, do UFC 271 picks. Kenny beat me, by the way. Uh, we were we were on the same track. We picked all the same fights besides Bobby Green. I went... Uh, Nasrat Hapras, which we'll go over in my breakdowns, my review. Very dumb of me, but, you know, Kenny got me. But I was in my home studio. I felt good. I felt comfortable. And uh, I, I did a really good job. And then I got a lot of compliments from John uh, after the show. And the YouTube comments were very positive. And then I have a core group of friends. I only have maybe like four or five really good, maybe a little more than that, really good friends that I can trust. Like, I'm a very honest blunt guy this is what my family is we don't bullshit each other and that's how my friends are like i can tell my friends anything they can tell me everything there's no judgment there's no anything there's no animosity there's no bad blood just keep it real keep you honest because you got that's what you got to do with friends you can't let them think they're this crazy whatever you gotta fucking be real with them and uh i had all my friends who you know especially the one guy who i grew up with who him and I just bust each other balls. I don't think we've ever given each other compliments unless it's been like a serious moment or whatever that we've had. But uh, he just texts, he texts me after that show. He watched it. He says, dude, you're really fucking good. You killed it. And I mean that. And that meant a lot to me because this is a guy who wouldn't have said that if it wasn't true. But it's not my mom. You know, my mom thinks I'm the greatest thing in the world. You know what I mean? My mom thinks I'm the fucking best at everything. It's not a mom compliment. This is a good buddy who would love to make uh, for, for me to be embarrassed 
cut that clip, put it on social media and be like, look how big of an idiot my buddy is. You know, that's what he would prefer, but he was like, you did a really good job. So then last, this past Friday night, right, I didn't think I was going to be on the John Anakin, Kenny, uh, the Anakin Florian podcast, which go check it out. I've been on two weeks in a row. Probably if you're listening to me the first time, you're coming over from that. Welcome. But um, I get an email Friday night. And again, I'm not going to go into the details of the email, but it was kind of the best email I've ever received. Now, when I started this podcast four years ago, I started this podcast four years ago. I did the website five years ago. So MMA Takes has been around for five years. Started with a website, wanted to write funny, set satirical articles. Then I did the, the podcast, and that was like more so like, let me give my takes about MMA. Let me give my takes about you know, whatever, here's my top five favorite, whatever, you know, is it, it, you know, and then I would give picks out as well. And then it really, and then I want to interview fighters as well, but then it really shifted to just gambling content because that's what I, I like. That's what I'm in love with. That's what I'm passionate about. Breaking down fights, breaking down numbers, picking the right fighters, being right. Like all those things, you know, so I shifted the, the platform multiple times to finally in the groove I am in now. So my goals when I first started, were pretty lofty. I mean, they were, you know, they always say dream big. I dreamt really big. And it's been a slow burn for me. I don't have this huge following like some of these other guys do who started after me, who are great, by the way. You know, sometimes there is a little bit of a jealousy aspect in there where it's like this guy joined in, you know, January of 2019 and he's got 4,000 followers. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I've been here a full two years before him and I have, you know, at the at this point, 200 something. It's like, Wait a second. I've I've watched his content. I've seen what he does. I don't think he's all that great. I don't think, you know, whatever. And there's some jealousy that comes into it. You know what I mean? And it's like, huh, you know, maybe let's not do that. Let's just do your thing. So then I kind of just put all the goals out of my head and was like, I'm just going to do me. No jealousy, no anything, no natural human emotions are going to take it. Just do what you want to do. Say what you want to say. Pick what you want to pick. Don't let anybody's narrative or anybody's success really bring you down. Over the past year or so, that's what I've been doing. And that's why I think I was so comfortable the the, the times I've done the Anik and Florian. You know, I wasn't nervous or I mean, it's John Anik, right? It's Kenny Florian. These are fucking big deals in my life. I mean, you know what I mean? In anybody's life, really. If you're an MMA fan, you're a fan of John Anik. You're an MMA fan, you're a fan of Kenny uh, Kenny Florian. Or at least know who they are. And uh, so talking to him, it was just, it was a good experience. And then I got an email from John asking me to do the show this Sunday. He said, hey, I know your team's in the Super Bowl. Don't feel obligated to do it. We're going to do like 10, 15 minutes. We're going to pick four fights, whatever. Of course, I'm down, right? I needed the distraction. We're, you know, we're doing it before the Super Bowl. Everything was good. Everything was perfect. And then again, I'm not going to go into full details of what the email said because I don't want to, uh, you know, to, um, what is it? Name names or something, you know, fuck. What, what am I trying to say? I don't want to like un- disclose like a private email essentially, right? And then, don't get me wrong. This is a very email that you probably if you read you're like you could say that but i just don't want to anyway john complimented me and said hey listen there's a colleague i work with at espn or ufc excuse me she works with ufc that watches every show and they said that you were very good she liked your breakdown she liked your energy she liked your personality and you know you're killing it and so that's right there from john anik john anik who's in the business who's doing this his whole life, who's the best in the business, complimenting me over the moon. Now someone that works at the UFC, who I never thought in a million years anybody works, I know John Anik works at the UFC, anybody else from the UFC would even know who I am or recognize who I am. They complimented me. You know what I mean? 
that means the world to me. Now I know it's like, oh, it's just an email. It's just a copy. But that I'm a such a positive affirmation guy that that was fucking cool. Cool as shit. And I'm trying to not freak out about it. You know what I mean? Not trying to, you know, start having my head go down all these different roads of now, you know, I'm going to be the next fucking guy. I'm going to be sitting next to John Hannick calling fights. Like, obviously that's like crazy. I'm not going to, you know, fantasize or daydream or make my dreams too lofty. Now I'm back in a real realistic place mindset. And uh, I just thought that was absolutely fucking cool. So the four years that I've been grinding out, the slow burn, I've loved every second of it. I met some really cool people, Timbo, Christian. There's a bunch of people on Twitter that I interact with all the time that I would have never interacted with or known because of this. I don't do this to make money. I do this because I love talking fights. I love gambling and I love interacting with people who are talking fights. I come from a place, not really from a place, but I come from a group of friends that do know, know nothing about MMA besides one, one of my buddies. And so when I get to meet other people that know it on the same level, I know it and we can talk gambling and we can talk, you know, picks and this and that, that is fun for me. And then on top of all that, getting compliments by people that you look up to, people that you admire, like a John Anik, like Kenny Florian, that's just a cherry on top. I mean, it really is. Like, again, my wife and all my family, they love giving me compliments. And you probably are like, yeah, that probably should mean more. But I think they're like, they have to give me compliments. If I shit the bed, John Anik's going to tell me I shit the bed. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of over the moon about it, you know, just because... I'm a positive guy myself. I, I I think negatively. I try to respond positively and definitely with my own, I guess, I don't want to say career, whatever. I guess this is, you know, four years. It's not really, you know, I'm not making any money, so it's not really a career. But you know what I mean? So long I've been doing this that that is just a really good feeling to have. You know what I mean? So, again, I don't want to get too long-winded about it. I spoke probably too fucking long. Let's get to UFC 271. Shout out to the Anakin Florian Podcast. My favorite podcast, uh, besides my own, but I think they're probably, you know, they have John Anik. I don't. Uh, they have Kenny Florian, Ray Longo. I don't. But um, awesome. It, obviously, if you're listening to me, you probably listen to them. If you have it, if for some reason you listen to me and not them, go listen to them. They're fantastic. Awesome, awesome podcast. All right, listen, UFC 271, great night for your boy betting-wise. Let's get to the betting recap, huh? And great night, I, you know, I, it's not like four or five unit night. It was... Um, it was a pretty good night. Green notebook. This is the this is what I call this is what I call the money notebook. Huh? You know what I mean? There's nothing but bets and monies in here. All right. <clears throat> Slime ball one, baby. We're two and one on the year. Cha-cha-cha-ching. It was plus 144. We had Jeremiah Wells, my mortal lock. Easy. We had Ronnie Lawrence. Not so easy. Made me shit my pants in that third round. And then Casey O'Neill, which the judges, they try to fuck her. They try to fuck her over. She won that fight cleanly. I know it was Roxy's last fight, but Robert Alexander, you rocket scientist, what the fuck are you doing? Huh? Why don't you hop on a rocket and get out of get the frame? <laughs> Take two. <laughs> hey, Rob Alexander, you rocket scientist. Why don't you hop on a rocket and get the fuck out of this planet? Uh, that was, I, I should have had something better. It wasn't. Uh, so I won that. That was my one unit on uh, plus 144. I Cole Solberg straight up at minus 250. I wanted to buy KO. I forgot to place that bet. I have it written down here. You know, happy accident. I didn't place that bet because uh, he didn't win by KO. It was a boring decision. I had Jan, uh, Jared Vanderer by KO. He missed that one. 
Uh, Nasser Hapras by decision. Missed that one. Kyler Phillips by sub at plus 550. Quarter unit on that. That was a nice little hit there. I had the crotch sniffer parlay. I had Sergey Morozov and Jacob Malkoon. Went one and two on that. I had Izzy by finish, which uh, we lost on that. But with the Kyler Phillips, the Olberg, and the slime ball hit, we're up 1.2 units. So always in the green. Always in the green. Positive, positive affirmation. Positive Stuff when you're in the green, 1.2 units, chipping away, baby. Chip, chip, chipping away. Uh, really wish Izzy would have finished for multiple reasons. We'll go over that fight. I have a lot to say about that fight. Uh, I went 9-5 to five on my picks. And Christian Costello, Mr. Cost, that son of a bitch. No, uh, he won. He won the pick. It was very close. I started off pretty hot. Then he kind of came in at the end. If Izzy would have finished Whitaker, I think we would have tied. Uh, but Christian picked a great card, man. He picked a great card. Uh, he read it all the way. He was the, uh, what was he, the only one on Bobby Green? Uh, no, no, excuse me. That was Timbo. What was Christian? Christian was on Marcano. And um, who else did he get? Um, man. Moicano, and I'm looking at this sheet, and it looks like it's fucking Chinese to me. Oh, well, uh, he had he had Derek Lewis as a send him home, which he missed, but uh, maybe I got to go over the fucking scoring again. How did he win? No, congratulations to Christian Costello. All right, main event, Izzy Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker. Everyone's fucking dying to know what I gave these guys on my star system. Izzy gets a three, Robert gets a two. I didn't know how to properly star this, right? Because I'm actually very disappointed in the way Izzy fought. A lot of people thought Robert Whitaker won. At the time when I was reading Twitter, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And the more I thought about it, the more I can see that Robert Whitaker, I mean, he didn't take a big enough damage. He just need to do like 5% more, right? Just 5% more, whether that be 5% more striking, 5% more takedowns, whatever it was. He could have maybe squeaked that one out. It wasn't the best performance by Izzy. First round, he looked dominant. Drops him with a straight left hand and then just never throws a straight again, right? And then just, you know, kicks the body, kicks the legs, which is great. You know, he took out Robert's legs. But then he does that thing where sometimes he just kind of takes pictures and he's just happy with styling on him. Happy with, you know, his movement. Happy not getting hit. Michael Chandler came out and said something like, you know, do you want to win or do you want to have style? Or is something along the effects of Izzy's not going for it. And as much as I, you know, there's two different fighters. Michael Chandler, you know, the guy's a fucking warrior. He's going to go in there. He's going to bang it out. He's going to have brain damage, you know, next year. Uh, Izzy doesn't like to get hit. They're different different kind of styles. And I usually like Izzy's style because he's very, I'm not going to get hit, but I'm going to hit you. And I felt like there was more opportunities to hit Robert here. More opportunities to take advantage of him. Not sure if he was afraid of the takedowns because Rob did land a few takedowns. I know Izzy popped right back up, but there were some takedown attempts that were very close. Rob was throwing one punch, one hand really, left hand. He was keeping his right hand up for the counters. Nice little kick that Izzy, you know, dodged every single time. Not really sure what Izzy was waiting on, but this is what he kind of does. He kind of stands in front of guys. I'm not asking him to take a bunch of brain damage. I'm not asking him to go out there and fucking throw caution to the wind. Stay within yourself, but he's so fucking good that within himself, he could get finishes. Within himself, he could have taken Robert Whitaker out. And this is coming from a guy who loves, I don't love Robert Whitaker. Izzy's my guy. I have a lot of respect for Robert Whitaker. I know how tough he is. I know how tough of an out he is. Um, but when you're Izzy Adesanya, you're, in the be- you're one of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the world. You're the king of 185. This is the guy you finished before. You got to come back, and you said in the pre-fight, I'm a better fighter now, this and that. 
Robert Chains, Robert Chains' game plan came in, looked pretty good. Both these guys' cardios were off the charts. Elite, elite 185ers. But if you're Izzy and you're an Izzy fan like me, you just want him to push a little more, stay safe, but still kind of pick him apart. Again, you drop him the first round with that left straight, and then you never go back to it. Uh, you kicked his leg up. You heard him like maybe late in the fourth or fifth round with the leg kick, but you're not stopping Robert Whitaker with a leg kick. You, you touch the body up a lot. I want to see more head strikes, you know. And Robert was doing a good thing, a good job at not letting him counter. When I broke down his fight, I thought Izzy Adesanya knew that Robert was going to let him counter uh, because the first time they fought, it was just all counters uh, by Izzy, and he, and he clipped him and knocked him out. Rob was ultra aggressive. He's going to lay back a little more. I thought Izzy was going to be a little more aggressive, come after him since he got a good read on him, and Rob was really throwing only one hand. But, you know, Izzy won. I had it 4-1. I can see how people maybe had a 3-2 if they want to give Rob, uh, you know, maybe the second or third round in there. I thought, you know, the fifth round, Whitaker won, and I thought Izzy won the first round handily. Rob won the fifth round pretty convincingly. Obviously, two, three, four. I had Izzy winning, but I can understand there's an argument made. And this is a guy. Listen, Izzy's my guy. I'm loyal. I'll fight to the fucking death for him. I will go online and battle every troll. Uh, Izzy's my guy. You know, when I put him on that list, that's what you get. You get undying loyalty from me. Um, but I'm also going to keep it real. And I just thought this was a so-so performance from him. I thought. He was going to look a little bit better since he's been in there with Robert. And this is a prop to Robert Whitaker for having a good game plan and kind of shutting Izzy down a little bit. I mean, that's you got to credit him as well. It's not all, I'm always just sitting there talking about Izzy not, you know, really doing this. Maybe he couldn't do it because Rob had a great game plan. Uh, but the one thing's clear is these guys are head and shoulders above anybody else at 185. I like that Izzy wants to fight Whitaker. Whitaker looked good. We'll get to that. Or excuse me, Whitaker. Cannoneer. Cannoneer looked good. We'll get to that fight. Next up, Tattoo of Oscar is Derek Lewis. Whew. Had Derek Lewis in the pick him. Um, we all did. We all picked Derek Lewis and Christian and I sent him home. Uh, Tattoo of Asa showing a chin, showing up with that Samoan. Is he Samoan or Polynesian? I think he's Samoan. Samoan, either way, it's Polynesian, Samoan. Those motherfuckers got chins. And Tattoo of Asa has been knocked out before, has been bo- uh, wobbled before. Derek Lewis had a nice little. Sneaky game plan. I'm gonna take this guy down. When he works to get to his feet, I'm gonna pound his fucking head in. And I thought he was out. Derek Lewis hit so fucking hard. Uh, Ty took him, got up, and was not afraid of Derek Lewis. Every time they exchanged, and Ty was trying to get off, Derek would clinch, and then they, fucking Ty read that through an elbow. Derek collapses now a lot. Let me first off. Derek gets a two. Ty gets a four. Can't be a five star performance. The shoeies I kind of looked away from, so I didn't get to see the shoeies too much, which, you know, I'm, I'm okay with. But um, but a lot of people on Twitter, a good friend of mine uh, who I work with, thought that fight was fixed, thought it was a flop. Now, if it was the other way around, Derek Lewis being from Houston, knocking out Ty, uh, and it was kind of fishy, I maybe would believe it. I like to hope and think that uh, the UFC doesn't do fixed fights. Um I could be wrong. I don't know, but I like to think they don't. And um, yeah, so I, I that's a tough one for me. Everyone's dissecting the knockout. Look, like look at his knees. Guys that knock get knocked out don't fall that way. And, and yada yada. Listen, I thought he got elbowed by a dude who's two hundred seventy pounds in the side of the head and, and fell down. Derek Lewis has been knocked out before. He doesn't have a chin. Uh, you know, like the best chin in the world. You know, Matt Mitrione knocked him out back in the day. Um, Tai Tuivasa easily could have knocked him out, and that and it's as simple as that. I know people are always looking for 
something. They want the juice. They want to talk about something. Uh, but yeah, Ty looked great. I'm interested to see him fight now. The the top of the top, you know, him and Derek Lewis should swap swap places. Um, Ty obviously his big question is the ground game. Someone takes him down is a problem. I feel like some of his matchups lately have been really beneficial to him, especially this one. Still had Derek Lewis winning. I thought Derek was going to catch him, and, and Ty proved me wrong. Jared Cannonier versus Blonde Brunson here. Uh, none of us were on Cannonier. This was like the hot bet. A lot of MMA cappers on Twitter were like, I'm on Cannonier. That's my guy. He's going to, you know, Blonde Brunson was the underdog here but a lot of people like me christian and timbo other people as well were supporting and backing brunson because of what he has done i was worried that cannonier hasn't fought a wrestler as, as good as brunson now he's fought kelvin gaslam even though i think kelvin gaslam is not a 185 or brunson is a big thick 185er i think he's a better wrestler than kelvin gaslam as well Brunson took Cannonier down. That first round was fine. He he got dropped, Cannonier. Brunson dropped him. He does have big powers. People forget about it. He has a lot of finishes in that division. And uh, he dropped him. And then, But when he took him down, the one thing I didn't account for, and I don't think a lot of people did, is he couldn't hold him down. Jared Cannonier was so strong and got right back to the, his feet. He was in some bad, bad positions and never wiltered and just got back to his feet. That second round came out. Derek Brunson looked defeated. He looked like he looked a little tired, looked defeated, and it was just like, oh, fuck. Now I got to stand with this guy because I don't have enough energy to take him down. And then he gets, you know, uh, then he gets clipped on the feet and then brutally knocked out. Those elbows on the ground. <laughs> Fucking brutal uh and cannoneer you know look good you know he gets a three brunson gets a two not really sure why i didn't score cannoneer higher you got to talk to brian on saturday night about that um listening a tough first round I, his call out was a little corny i think Jan, jared cannoneer is a little corny um you know i just turned blonde brunson the blood brunson or whatever i do like to call out dana when he's like get him get dana Dana, look at me. Uh, but he's next, right? It could have been Strickland or Cannonier. Izzy wants to fight in June. Cannonier, as long as he doesn't get hurt, looks like we're going June. That's a good fight. They've never fought before. Strickland's probably going to go out there and get another win. Uh, Brunson would be a fun fight. Brunson's one more fight before it goes, which I thought was completely stupid to announce that um, before this fight, that you have two more fights left and you're out of here. Uh, that's just a distraction in, in your own head. But his last farewell fight, Sean Strickland, you know, would that be something people are interested in? I think Sean Strickland, Darren Till would be fun. Uh, I know Darren Till isn't the most high-ranked guy, but he does have a name still. He does have a following. Sean Strickland will fucking go to England and fight him. I know that. So, uh, yeah, interesting stuff. I'd have uh, middleweight, excuse me, Jerry Cannonier, uh is that dude. Renato Moicano versus Alexander Hernandez. Um, this is a spot where I had Hernandez as the underdog. Me and Timbo had Hernandez and Christian had Moicano. Uh Hernandez gets a one. Moicano gets a three. Now, I thought this was a good dog play. I thought Hernandez was to be able to stop the wrestling and use his power on the feet. What I forgot was that Moicano, well, actually, what I I didn't forget at all. What I didn't know, because I'm an idiot, was Moicano's fucking big. How did this dude make 45? I wish I could have live bet because I texted the boys, and I didn't have Hernandez in a bet. I didn't bet him. But when Moicano was coming out, I said, Moicano it is. I just, I just was like, you know what, Moicano... I think it's him over Hernandez. I think he's going to be faster. I think he's going to hit Hernandez, and Hernandez is going to end up being lost. And then when it hit the ground, he, I mean, Hernandez got hurt on the feet, hit the ground, rear naked choke, which, you know, Moicano's lights out on the ground. Great performance. I think, did I already say what he got? He gets a three, Hernandez gets a one. Moicano's interesting at 55. He's got a little bit of a chin issue. Has been touched, has been knocked out before. 
But this is a big win over Hernandez. And Hernandez, again, unless you're coming into the UFC, and Christian said this perfectly, that's why he won. Listen, he went with Makana because Hernandez is knocking out scrubs. He's knocking out bums. Mike Breeden? I mean, Chris Kruzmacher's tough, but, I mean, that's he's the Homer Simpson. He's supposed to get hit, not fall. He just happened to fall that fight. Uh, Moicano just, just proved to be the better fighter here. It looked like he kind of... When he took Hernandez down in the first round, and it was a really like a strength move, and he got him down on the ground, and Hernandez defended well and got back to the feet. It looked like Mokano was a little deflated. Arms looked a little heavy. But you know what? He rebounded really well in that second round and came out and fucking, you know what? Fuck, I got my second win. I'm going to go knock this dude out or put this guy away, and he did. Bobby King Green versus Nasrat Hapra. So this is the fight that I got wrong with Kenny Florian. This is why he won. I was on Hapras as an underdog. He was my dog lock. And Bobby King Green gets four stars. Uh, Timbo is the only one on King Green here. Listen, has, Nasrat Hazard had really high striking defense and showed good boxing in the past. Bobby King Green is on a different level when it comes to his boxing with his confidence with his shoulder roll. I thought it was going to be a very competitive close fight. I bet Nasrat by decision. It was a great plus money play. But I did not expect Bobby to roll over him like he did. John Anik is calling for a Bobby Green main event. I love it. I threw out on the Anik and Florian podcast. Maybe Gregor Gillespie. They said uh, Brad Riddell. Either way, I love those fights um, for Bobby Green. And he needs to be in a main event. He's a veteran. He's got the swag. People like him. People cheer for him. Seems like a good dude. Uh, he's been through a lot in his life. And, you know, he's never in a boring fight. He might be in kind of a fight where he might get screwed by a decision. Uh, he's impossible to put away. The only one that guy's the only person that's knocked him out in the UFC, I believe. See, has he been finishing UFC besides Dustin Poirier? So Poirier knocked him out in a very competitive fight. So let's see. Okay, so James Krause by kick. Oh no, excuse me, that's who we want. Barca. Oh uh, yeah, Dustin Poirier knocked him out. Right. Then decision, 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 decision. That's it. It's the only person to he got knee barred by Shane Shapiro in grappling. Um, but man, he has only been finished one time in the UFC by knockout by Dustin Poirier. That was a fun back and forth fight as well. I think Bobby just, just took one right on the chin. Notoriously tough, notoriously durable. Uh, this guy needs to do it. And this is a complete misread on my part. There's no excuse for this. I had, I bet Hapras by decision. Um, and I was obviously confident enough to throw him on a dog lock there. I picked him on the Anakin Florian, uh, and Bobby Green just, I need to pay respect to that guy. You know what I mean? That's all it is. I'm sorry, King Green. Hey, I fucked up. I picked against you. And, I, and I'm foolish. And I can't promise it won't happen again. But what I can promise is respect. That's what I can promise. Andre Lossky versus Jan Vanderer. This fight, yeah, just uh, typical Andre, new age Andre fight. Jan Vanderer just not a good fighter. Andre gets a three, Vanderer gets a two. Andre did what he did. It was a split decision I thought was kind of weak. Andre landed the bigger shots. The commentary kind of made a narrative that Jarrett was doing more because he was clinching and he was landing strikes himself. Andre hit this dude with fucking 10 right hands that would have put out a horse. Vander just happened to take it. Tried to take Andre down a little bit. Didn't really work. Don't agree with the split decision. I thought maybe one of those rounds you could have maybe scored for Vander. Let's give him one, but it's 29-28 Andre Olosky all day. Not sure what that fucking judge was thinking. This could have been Robbie Alexander again, for all I know. Uh, but, you know, Andre did his thing. All right, so Casey O'Neill versus Roxanne Montefiore. First things first. Roxanne Montefiore, congratulations on your retirement. You're a legend. You're a pioneer. You got the 50 fights. Um, awesome. Awesome accomplishment. You're a beast. 
probably the nicest person in MMA, but Casey O'Neill is that bad bitch. Casey O'Neill gets me excited. Casey O'Neill. She's a five-star man. And if you saw the Twitter, she is now officially one of my guys. Let's give it up for Casey O'Neill. I was thinking about adding her to, you know, my women's list, but that sounded perverted. And listen, we're all equals. We're all men, or excuse me, we're all human beings. Fuck that up. And Casey's got a bigger dick than me. Okay. She's a bad bitch. She can get in there and kick the shit out of me. She's 125 pounds. She is definitely one of the guys. And she is on my guys list for knowing the UFC undefeated. And I'll tell you why. Her post fight where she told the crowd, if you want a bad guy, good. I'll be your bad guy. Fuck you. I fucking love that. Made the dick move. Blood rushed to my wiener. I was like, oh, man, this girl is bad. And then in the middle of the fight with Roxanne, which was a very competitive fight, she definitely didn't blow Roxanne out. I, I really wanted to see her maybe take Roxanne down. Roxanne took her down. I think it was maybe why dumbass Rob Alexander gave Roxanne the fight, but uh, or, yeah, he gave her the fight. I'm glad Casey won the right person won, sealed this slime ball for me, but she's a bad bitch screaming and she wants finishes and she's hungry to fight and Casey O'Neal. She gets a five-star. She's a five-star guy. Roxanne gets a three. Listen, Roxy, much respect. Legend of the game. Hopefully you stick around and coach the upcoming female fighters that are coming through. You're a lifelong martial artist. I believe your husband's a mixed martial MMA fighter. I don't know what kind of level he's on, but I know he is. So you're going to be around the sport. And uh, much respect to you, Roxy. All right, Kyler Phillips versus Marcelo Rojo. Marcelo Rojo. Marcelo Rojo. Ooh, Kyler. My buddy texted me and goes, your dude Kyler's fucking the real deal. You're goddamn right he is. So, Kyler Phillips would have beat Ryland Paiva. Should have been a 10-8. Should have been a draw. Should have won that fight. But he would have 100% would have won that fight. Maybe we got to finish that cardio. Guess what? Looks like he fixed that fucking cardio because he went out there against a beast. Marcelo Rojo, I know, is 0-2 in the UFC. But this guy is a fucking savage. He is training with a champion now, Brandon Moreno. He's got a lot of finishes on his record. He's a fucking stud. And Kyler Phillips scored him. Fucking swash styled on him. You know what I mean? Kyler Phillips did everything he wanted to on the feet, took him down. I had a feeling that Rojo, a lot of his finishes were by submission. Um, like he got submitted. He's only been knocked out. He killed one time. That was against Jordan up a weight class and on like two weeks notice. So he's a durable fucking dude. And Kyler was laying everything and then took him down and, and got that, got mount, got the inverted triangle, uh, and then rolled it over. And then he said, Hey, it got slippy. So I took the arm, Beautiful submission. I saw some cappers hit a third round submission, which is fucking gorgeous. Made me some money there. That was a five to one play, five and a half one to play there on the quarter unit. Gorgeous. But um, Kyle Phillips, man, this dude, he's something to watch. I know he's a big favorite. Let's not get too excited. Obviously, five stars. Rojo. Marcelo Rojo. I like I like singing this guy's name. Marcelo Rojo. He, uh, he gets a two. He gets a two for being tough. You get a two for being tough. You didn't really do much. You're competitive sometimes, but my dude, Kyler Phillips, just like, you know, fucking, how much, how many chicks do you think he gets? Seriously. He's probably got a girlfriend, but how many fucking chicks do you think this guy gets, right? I know he's not getting compared to the Carlos Olbergs, the Luke Rockholds, whatever, but, and he's a smaller guy, but let me tell you something. Smaller guys, 
They get chicks, okay? Uh, long hair, great beard, fucking got that. California, what, huh? California bro-y vibe. I think he's from California, obviously lives in Phoenix. Phoenix, Arizona, or Arizona has some beautiful women, beautiful girls out there. Kyler Phillips. I'm surprised he's, you know, as, as good as a fighter as he is because he's probably fucking all the time. Next up, the guy who's probably fucking all the time, Cole Solberg, this guy, you know, he kind of fucked a lot of people up here. You know, he's Timbo sent home. Timbo wants him dead. He gets a two stars. Favor Strong gets a zero. Favor Strong, uh, he's out of the UFC. He fought like a scared guy in there. You know, he, he could have pulled the trigger. Sarant, or excuse me, Olberg fought scared as well. Olberg gets a two. Schrank gets a zero. If I've already said that, I feel like a broken record. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Olberg, listen, you look great. You're a handsome dude. You're Izzy's guy. Step it up, right? You probably could have finished that fight a little bit. You played it safe. You played the distance game. And listen, if these city kickboxing guys are going to do that, that's fine. That's part of MMA. But if you know you're going in there and fighting Carlos Olberg, he's going to have the height and reach on you most likely at, at 205. It's time to go in there. Uh, and uh, it's time to go in there and put pressure on him and and not let him fucking do that to you. It's not that hard of a game plan. You heard Henry Hoof in the corner and Sharant go after him. Step to him. Quit putting your back in the cage and letting him tee off. Go for him. You know, because Sharant landed some good left hands. There's one that kind of dropped him that first round. I don't really know if it was a slip or a drop, but he just went do it. He froze. He ghosted, you know, and now he's going to get fucking ghosted out of the UFC. Ryan Lawrence is Mana Martinez. Ronnie Lawrence it gets a, what, what is it? Gets a, whoo, hang on. What fight is this? Three, Mana Martinez gets a two. Mana Martinez was getting shitted on all over Twitter. This guy doesn't belong in the UFC. He sucks. And then everyone's favorite, Ronnie Lawrence. I mean, he was he was the mortal lock for Christian. Item in my slime ball. Look great. Look well rounded. Drop Mana Martinez in every fucking round except the third. And then Mana Martinez goes, Oh, yeah, I have power. And I have cardio this time. And clip Ronnie Lawrence. Uh, very scary moment. I almost shit my pants. Ronnie Lawrence said in the post fight that he was having some diarrhea. So Ronnie Lawrence and I got a lot in common. A lot in common. Me and old Ron Ron. Uh, but I like this kid. I think he's uh, going to be pretty good at one uh, 135, Ryan Lawrence. Needs to tighten some things up a little bit. Needs to be able to control people more on the ground. His game is, I like to take you down. You get back up, take you down, get back up, take you down. Because, you know, that way they get tired. And he can do that all the, all the time. But I do want to see him tighten up a little bit. He obviously has some pretty good power. Dropping people as many times as he did. Jacob Malkoon versus AJ Dobson. My, my guy Dobson from Ohio just didn't have it. Malkoon gets a two. Dobson gets a one. Malkoon does what he does. Uh, takes you down, grinds you out. Dobson couldn't stop it after that first round. He had a good first round. Second round, third round, got broken, looked ejected in the corner. Mark Coleman, I know he's a legend. I know people love him, but he's not a good corner man. Wasn't giving the best advice in there. Uh, you know, yelling, get up is, yeah, he knows he needs to get up. How the fuck is he supposed to get up? Um, so, yeah, I, I was a little worried about Dobson being, uh, I picked him. I was opposite Timbo and Christian here. They both had Malkoon. I did not bet Dobson, though. Um, I thought Dobson, uh, a little worried about his corner, but I did think he was going to be a little too big for Malcoon to, to be taken down and controlled like that. But I was wrong. One thing I wasn't wrong about, Douglas Silva, DeAndre versus Sergio Marais. I thought this was a good number on uh, DeAndre. I did have Marais in a, um, in a, sni- a cross sniffer parlay just because 
Uh, I listened to Dogger Pass podcast, shout out Dogger Pass, and Cody Safdick was very confident, Morose, Morozov, excuse me. And I was like, you know what? Just 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 put a little sprinkle. I put sixty bucks on Malcoon Morozov because Malcoon was an underdog, and Morozov, you know, they, they were going to win the same way. And Douglas Silva and Josh goes, no, I got to take that offense, and I got muscles, and you can cut me as much as you want, and I'm going to come fucking knock you the fuck out. Uh, and then Chokia, an impressive performance by Dion Josh here. Guy that's been around forever. He's setting the post fight. He helps he wins the bonus so he can buy his mom a wheelchair. My question is, how much are wheelchairs in Brazil? I mean, uh, you know, I know they're probably expensive everywhere, but I mean, you they're fifty thousand dollars. You know what I mean? You could probably I can, listen, Douglas Silva, Dion Josh. I got a guy. I can get you one for like a grand. One to three thousand, I can get you one. Okay, that's American dollars. I don't, I don't know the currency exchange rates, but Douglas Silva Jobs, get with me. Jeremiah Wells is blood diamond. This one, my mortal lock, easy layup for me here. Jeremiah Wells is is Philly Philly guy. Something in that water. Oh, fuck, hold on, water, water. There's something in that water uh, in Philly. Tough, tough dudes. Blood diamond. You know, give him a striker. Give him Jack Della Manalina uh, in fucking Aussie in New Zealand. That'd be fun. But, uh, yeah, Jeremiah Wells took the fight to the ground and, and, and did what he wanted and uh, looked fantastic. And, and I'm really high to see what this kid's got. Uh, uh, boop, boop, boop. Jeremiah Wells gets a four. Blood Diamond gets a one just because, you know what, you would have got a two if you dyed your hair blonde. But you did it. Douglas Silva and Josh gets a four. Morozov gets a two. And then Maxim Grisham versus William Knight. Grisham gets a two. William Knight gets a one. Very unforgettable fight. William Knight missed weight by 12 pounds. You can't be doing that. I know you took the fight on short notice, but that's a little bit unprofessional. All right. So later this week, you're going to have the pickums. I know I already gave four picks out on the Anakin Florian podcast. Go listen to that if you want to hear those picks. I will break the fights down a little more extensively. That will be out on probably Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Commute, you can listen to it. Uh, again, rate and review on iTunes. You can rate and review on, um, bah, 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 bah. I keep saying iTunes, Apple podcast and, uh, Spotify. You can rate and review on Spotify as well. If Spotify is your preferred, preferred platform, follow me on Twitter. MMA takes podcasts on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. MMA takes podcasts and, uh, and fucking YouTube. MMA takes podcasts. That's everywhere, baby. That's the show. Let's fucking go. Woo! Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? He's real good. The name is Dollar.